Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Is there a connection between our ability to and our desire to not create life and religious liberty? Let's ask Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, that very question. Lincoln, what's your answer? Yes, contraception has emerged as one of the hot-button issues of Christians, and in particular, politically active and vocal Christians in the United States. And there's a lot of noise on it at the moment. In fact, a Supreme Court case of recent years, the Hobby Lobby case, claimed that that was the central issue. The owners, the Christian owners of the Hobby Lobby chain, and it's a family-owned chain, said that it impacted their religious liberty mm-hmm. and their religious sensibilities to be, quote, forced to provide medical insurance to their employees who may or may not have shared their religious views, but they were being forced to provide insurance to them, which insurance included provision for uh, services like contraception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even as I, and I said it on purpose, I think it's a tenuous connection to start with. But uh, let's just allow that it's tenuous but valid okay. and, and say, why contraception? Because I've looked back on the history and even cast back on my failing memory, uh, <laughs> getting older, but I, I believe it was at least 30, perhaps even 40 years ago when this began. But before that, Christians didn't have a big issue on contraception in the United States. Mm-hmm. Abortion from the beginning was, was a hot button, although that's shifted. The logic of the abortion issue shifted, but school prayer was the big thing. Yes. State aid was mm-hmm. the big thing. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't imagine that Christians have always been so fired up about contraception. And you've got to ask the question, why? And I think I know part of the answer, right? There's yes. a document that came out of the Roman Catholic Church in 1968, an encyclical entitled Humanae Vitae, basically human life. And in that, the Pope stated that birth control violated the laws of God and nature and that contraceptive use constituted, I'm quoting now, a deed which is shameful and intrinsically vicious. But you've got to ask the question, <laughs> why? Why, <laughs> yes. It's tied up to Roman Catholic theology about immortal soul, mm. and, and I think also they've rolled up some arguments that are sort of schoolboy purient, in my view. The story of Onan, who spilled his seed on the ground rather than impregnate his brother's widow. Mm-hmm. And people have missed the point of that, absolutely. It had nothing to do with contraception per se. He was denying his legal obligation to carry on his brother's line by filling his role and procreating for him. It isn't, as used in the Old Testament, it had nothing to do with the statement about the immorality of spilling seed, to use uh, Tuse language, you know, in lieu of the full act, yes. he was acting in bad faith according to his societal contractual obligation. But that's rolled up in this Catholic document that is bad theology, but more than that, it's a bad worldview 
I think that there's an immortal soul and it drifts into Mormonism thinking have to provide a venue for the soul. The soul is sort of waiting to be delivered and by withholding through birth control the chance you've in essence killed a soul. And it's nonsense. First of all, Seventh-day Adventists, like many Protestant Christians, don't really buy this this mystical view of the soul. The Bible says that that when God vivified Adam, and, and indeed all of us, it's when you take a breath and, and, and your genetic potential now is alive, you become a living soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your brain functions, but you don't have a, an existence apart from the body. The, the Bible is very, I think, clear on this. The dead know not anything. Right, right. That's a straight Bible quote on this. So there's, there's a particular Catholic theology at work and was in this document. And when it was publicly promulgated at that time and pushed through activism, it became this big issue about contraception. And the greatest irony on this that seems to have escaped most people is that the vast majority of the Roman Catholic uh, membership in North America have no time for these directives. <laughs> they don't accept the authority of, the, of their own church to tell them to abstain from uh, contraception. You know, I, I don't know the exact rates, but I don't think there's much difference whatsoever between North American Roman Catholics' use of contraceptives and the general population. And the church then is reaching for civil power to enforce mm-hmm. its dictate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wish more people saw this. Now, you know, I'm a yin-yang person, as I said in an earlier show. Yes. So I, I will, in the interest of full disclosure, say that when you're talking about the dynamic of religious liberty versus the laws, that really wouldn't matter much because if you are under deep conviction on something, that has to be on it. Right. But as far as the origin of this sensibility on, on uh, contraception, it's a recent origin and it's of a particular origin, and I don't think... It should be a general Christian preoccupation. And your problem with Hobby Lobby, of course, was that the, the owners of Hobby Lobby were taking their sense of morality and implying it to their employees. Think about it. What guarantee or what even expectation would they have that their employees would actually use That's such true. a provision? That's true. That's if true. they thought like they did, they would not. And yeah. then it's, So it's a non-issue. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 the argument only bears if they expect that their employees would act differently from them, and they don't want them to do that. And so they're going to remove their possibility of acting uh, autonomously on, on a moral issue. You know what, Lincoln, as I listen to you talk about these issues, and this is not just the Hobby Lobby, but other things too, I think that people, and correct me if I'm wrong, are just simply using this opportunity to let their faith be known. It's like they're evangelizing the world by saying, this is what I believe and I believe it so strongly that I'm going to make my employees or my family or my wife or my church believe the same way. It's not really a moral issue. It's an evangelistic issue. Am I right? Right. And and, and, and so you're giving me a chance to, to hold forth on what I believe is going on at the moment. Good. The United States legally has good provision for religious freedom and a reasonable tradition in society to allow that. And I don't think it's grossly threatened at the moment, but what's going on is there's a push from certain areas of religious activity for religious entitlement. Mm. 
And religious entitlement itself becomes a religious liberty problem. Yes, okay, all right. All the right. bigger problem and, and continuing problem we have is not legal, it's societal. As there's moral declension, as nominal faith, you know, we, we have two Corinthians Christians all over the place, people who are quite, uh, you know, foul-mouthed and worldly and, and, and profane in, in, in their lifestyle and an outlook on life, yes. but they count themselves as Christians according to the census, mm-hmm. well, those people will, of course, in many societal ways, persecute, harass, and restrict people of true faith. We know that. Yeah. The Christians in the United States, as much as anywhere in the Western world, are often subject to mockery and exclusion in different aspects of society, not least of which the workplace. We're using religion to banter. We're, we're using religion to judge. We're using religion to put down. And my goodness, that is not what Christ had in mind when he said people by my name will be called to be loving to the world. Am I right? This entitlement push, I think, is itself unchristian and will destroy ultimately the best and protective separation of church and state. Why is it so hard for us to love people, Lincoln? Why is it so hard? Well, it's always been hard, and maybe this is not the best venue, but I think what is needed with Christians, as always, but more than ever, and in my church, I'd say it with a vengeance, is a revival. In other words, a return to basics and, and to recapture the spiritual reality of a Christian faith. And I could say it for other religions. Sure. I don't think all religions are equal, But all religions have at their base the same element of a spiritual connection with the divine and circumspect living where the inner life reaches toward the divine and and you you shape yourself and, and look kindly toward other people. You know, I've listened to you for a number of years, and one thing that you have said repeatedly just really bears repeating here. You have said that there's far too much religion in this world and not enough spirituality, and I understand that now because it's religion. It is the structure of religion that seems to be causing the problems, where if those same people had a degree of spirituality in them, when they had Christ's love in their hearts, we would not be dealing with these issues at these levels. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If this program's uh, accomplishing nothing else, is I'm educating you. <laughs> yes, you are. Absolutely, you are. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, even as I uh, uh, run through these things and state them, it sharpens my understanding yes. of this. Yes. None of none of us are, are fixed in our views, and, and you know we, we have a dynamic and ongoing understandings. And I'm hoping that as our society grapples with these issues, and even though it's, it's a few justices that make a determination, say, in the case of Hobby Lobby, I'm hoping that it causes people to think more about what mm-hmm. is the real dynamic of faith here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hope that didn't seem to happen that, that when uh, this clerk down south refused to issue marriage licenses, yeah. that people really thought a bit what was going on. Yeah. At first, it seemed like a principled position, but then she wouldn't even allow her underlings to uh, prepare it. So it wasn't that she was uncomfortable doing it. She wanted to prevent anybody doing it. And that just doesn't seem to me the right principle of of respect for other human beings and and keeping faith in the right perspective. Mm. How important it is that when we sit down to our computer and on social media and when we talk to someone at the water cooler and when we speak with someone after church and after services, that our motivating desire 
is to share love, not share judgment, not share morality, not share concepts, not share laws and regulations, but to share love. We'd have a different world if that was true, wouldn't you say, Lincoln? We're in the business of sharing life. Yes. And to, yes. to cut people off at the pass and treat them as less than human is to, is to stifle the human spirit itself. Mm. You know, Jesus said, I'm come to bring life, uh, that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Mm-hmm. And certain behaviors, of course, deprive people of that life. But, but you're not helping them by increasing their depression and their, their, their alienation and, and, and treating them as, as another I'm more and more convinced of that. You know, Jesus, when he, he was faced with the woman caught in adultery, I mean, it was pretty basic. She, you know, they dragged her in front of him, and he says, you know, where are your accusers? I don't accuse you. Yeah. But then he says, go and sin no more. That's a very redeeming, life-affirming dynamic. LibertyMagazine.org is the website. Lincoln Steed is this editor. Lincoln, thank you so much for your words today. And listener, invite you to LibertyMagazine.org. Lots of resources there. Until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Lincoln Steed, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618 618- 627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <music>